Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Okay, does this sound like something that you've been through? So you were together for years, you did everything possible for your partner. You knew how they took their coffee in the morning and even what their favorite dish was. And you knew about the various events that took place in their day, and you even expressed interest. And when they were unhappy, you tried doing things for them so that they would be loving again. But no matter what you did or what you said, it was never enough. In fact, they might have cheated, lied, turned to drugs, alcohol, whatever it was that that they could divert their attention to you, to other things, to fill themselves up. And finally, at the end of the relationship, you've had enough. You break up or you get a divorce. And now, after the fog has lifted, you have come out on the other side and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, they never knew me. They never knew what I liked. It was all about them. And moreover, you realize that you keep attracting these same types of people over and over and over again. Yes, they look different, but when you unzip the costume and you see the inside, they're the same people. Yes, these are what you may refer to as narcissists. And look, this term has become almost a buzzword today and mainstream in today's pop culture. So much so, I think it's actually getting overused. But nonetheless, the dynamic of the narcissist is what is so maddening when you have been in a relationship like this. And look, you know, being a therapist, it's really important to understand what true narcissism is. Okay. So let's just talk about that for a second, because I do feel like people use this word very loosely. And anytime somebody becomes a little selfish, oh my gosh, they're a narcissist. Um, And that's not truly what narcissism is. Although, Whether you have been in a relationship with a true, like, diagnosable narcissist or somebody who is selfish or a man-child or somebody who is self-involved, the effect is still the same. It still leaves you with this feeling of despair and, you know, feeling like, oh, my gosh, there's no good guys or no good girls out there, women out there. But... Let's take a look at, I just want to help you understand what the narcissist is, because when you understand what the narcissist is, it's actually a way for you to understand yourself. In fact, what I'm about to share with you today may shock you. It may shock you to know that there may be things that you are doing to attract these people in your life over and over and over again. So who are they? All right, here's a couple of characteristics and and just, you know, kind of think about the people in your life and do they fit the bill? The first thing I would say is that narcissists prey on caregivers, okay, because they make them feel better. They're actually very insecure and they're empty inside. So they rely on external things like women, money, complete and like, utter attention on them, sex, expensive cars, you name it. And it's a way 
to fill themselves up, or at least they're trying to fill themselves up to gain attention and validation. But lo and behold, they're really, it's like an empty machine. You know, no matter how much you fill it up, it it never is enough. And that's what's so maddening being in a relationship with someone like that. So I would say that's the first and foremost. The second characteristic is, and to be truly diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, you know, like when a therapist is actually diagnosing, the person must exhibit what we call grandiosity, meaning like they think things are way, way blown out of proportion, even if it's only in fantasy, but in it's their reality. And they also have this lack of empathy. They truly can't understand what it feels like to be on the other side and what other people might go through. It really is all about them. And other traits they may have, like, you know, having these dreams of unlimited power, belief that he or she is special. They require constant admiration and attention. And it's so constant that it's exhausting. Because again, you think that you're giving enough, but then you somehow get blamed that it's not enough. Okay. So that that's the second characteristic. The third, the third trait is that they really are emotionally dead. And they're so afraid to look at themselves, they end up deflecting it onto others. And that is why they constantly blame other people. Like, have you ever been in a relationship and you you almost feel like there's something wrong with you because no matter what you do, you're to blame. This is a classic uh, behavior that narcissists do. They're, and they're, they're really good at it. And they make you feel like you really did do something wrong. And it's not until you're out of it and you look back and you say, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe I got caught up in that. It's almost like a storm that you get caught up in. And so when I coach people, I really teach them how to detect signs of a narcissist. Because here's the thing. You can't change them. But what you can do is change your perception and what you can do so that you spot them, you get rid of the narcissist the minute you say hello, because you can stop attracting narcissists. In fact, you can crack this code. I promise. Like I have helped so many people do this. In fact, what made me want to do this topic today is that I started a Facebook group and it's called the Love Makeover Insiders. And when everybody was introducing themselves, and by the way, I encourage you to join because it's a super group and we're doing lots of fun things. Everybody who's introducing themselves in some way, shape, or form are saying that they have an ex that was a narcissist, and now they don't know if they can trust again, and they're trusting that maybe there's somebody else out there, but they're having a hard time getting past it. So when you've been in this kind of relationship, it it, it really can be damaging, and it's hard to really know what to do to get past it. So here's why it's important to, to crack this code now. Because if you don't change the way that you are going about relationships in your life, and folks, I'm not, I'm not just talking about attracting a partner. Think about other relationships you have in your life. Think about coworkers and your interactions with them. Think about your friendships. Are they lopsided? You know, they, here's the thing. This dynamic leaks out into other areas. And if you're the common denominator... 
this is actually exciting to think about because you have the power to change it. So if you don't change it, you're going to continue to attract them like mosquitoes and they're just going to suck the life out of you. And, and, and it just, it happens so much that you almost get numb to it. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably saying, well, wait a second, how is this my doing? I mean, I can't help that there's all these like sick men and women out there. And look, I'd rather be single than attracting them into my life. And it's not me. Well, look, I I always say we're always 50% of the equation, okay, every single time. You're right. We can't change those people. And, you know, we could be talking about anything, and it's not just narcissists. It could be like unhealthy addicts or, you know, people who are just not good for you or abusive relationships. You know, we cannot change those people. They need to work on themselves, right? All we can do is look at us and our piece and change our perspective and change the way that we go at it. Because here's the thing, I have seen, I've seen the the code being cracked before my eyes with my clients and they end up attracting these amazing people in their life. And, And at first they almost think it's like luck. But then when they're really doing the work and they realize it's because they're changing themselves, it's almost magical. It really is. So what if you knew that you could get rid of them? What if you knew that there was actually a medicine (laughs) for this thing that keeps happening to you? So here's the thing. I bet, again, as I said before, this leaks into other areas. So think about that. And when you do some of the things that I'm about to tell you, you are going to see a drastic change in your relationships across the board. And it's pretty cool when it happens because you can stop attracting narcissists. You can crack the narcissist code, I promise. There was a the most profound case, I guess, and I might have even talked about this before, but I got to highlight it because it was a woman who came to work with me and she had just, well, first of all, she was in a marriage with a narcissist. And she, every, you know, since her divorce. She had maybe like two other relationships and lo and behold, they were narcissists as well. And she was at that breaking point where she said, I I give up. Like she was about to throw in the towel. And thank God she called me and didn't throw in the towel because again, she was she got to that pain point where she wanted to change because she still had her whole life ahead of her. She was a young, beautiful woman. And she came in and did actually an intensive with me. And so we went shopping, we did the coaching, we did therapy, we did the whole shebang. Um, But the minute she got here, I realized exactly what was going on. First of all, just even the way she showed up in her clothes and the way that she... uh, you know, I guess cared for herself. I I could see she let herself go. So I that was the first and foremost. I really wanted her to start feeling good about herself because over caregivers are notorious for not pampering themselves <laughs> and caring more about other people and other things going on rather than themselves. Now she before all this happened actually was pretty put together and she enjoyed clothes and all of that, but she had lost her way. So I wanted to help her get that back. And as her confidence started growing and as we started coaching together, I realized, gosh, there were so many ways she was giving her power away. 
like she kept agreeing with me on everything. <laughs> like she had no opinion whatsoever. She kept, she really had a hard time sharing things about herself, disclosing uh, feelings about things and what she was passionate about. And when I brought this to her attention, I said, you know, I can only say how I'm feeling with you. I can only imagine how men must feel when they're out of date. And she kind of looked at me and she got teary-eyed and she's like, oh my God, I I didn't even realize I was doing that. And I and I kind of repeated back to her all the ways that she was doing this. And so we worked on her verbiage, the way she communicated, um, how to set boundaries and all of the things that I teach my clients and specific to her. Because here's the thing, the other... Um, I guess, interesting piece of information was that when we went back into her history, she let me know that her father was a full-blown narcissist. And so in a way, the men in her life she kept choosing and attracting were just like her father. Why? Because it was just something she knew. You know, we often get attracted to things that we know. It's a known entity. It, It almost feels comfortable, even if it's unhealthy for us. We just know it. So it was almost a subconscious thing. So again, like we almost had to do a little bit of mindset shift and reprogramming to help her get to a different place with what a partnership should be about. And she did it. And we worked on her body language. We, I put her on a dating regimen and she dated very differently than she ever had before. I mean, the guys that she was normally getting attracted to, which lo and behold, were these really like charismatic and fun guys who were like, you know, the center of attention at every party. Like that's who she was getting attracted to. I had her go for a little bit more shy guys, a little more reserved guys, you know, and, and we did a lot of things like the chemistry analysis that I do with people. Anyway, she ended up in a very, very good place. She was dating up a storm. And then I, she was finally ready to look for a relationship again. And, you know, that yes, she attracted this amazing guy into her life who is still her boyfriend today. And it was really because she shifted. She shifted the way that she perceived of what she was getting caught up in and the chemistry, what she thought she deserved. And because of that, she changed the result. So I want to share with you ways that I help clients crack the narcissist code. So definitely take out your pen. You're going to want to take notes on this. <laughs> um, and, and I really, like, even if you just did one of these tips, you will see a difference in the way that people even treat you and relate to you. All right. Number one, set boundaries. I know you hear this all the time, but really treat yourself as well as you treat others. Declare your needs, declare your desires. And if you are that caretaker or over caretaker, as I call it, be careful that you're not putting others before you all the time. Um, I always use the metaphor of the pitcher and the glasses where you're the pitcher of water and you have all these glasses to fill. Again, you can't fill these other glasses unless your pitcher is full. And in fact, when you fill yourself up first and you demand what it is that you feel and what you desire, people respect you more and you are less resentful. That's what's so interesting. There was a client I recently worked with and right now she's learning how to date and date differently. And so she's doing online dating right now. This is where she's starting. 
And she has a tremendous, tremendous difficulty setting boundaries. So this small example showed up where she was supposed to meet this guy. And clearly from the text, they were supposed to meet on a Saturday. And he had it in his mind that they were supposed to meet on a Friday. Well, the Friday wasn't good for her. Saturday was. And when it got closer, he just kind of went off on her saying, no, we're supposed to meet Friday. And and that's the only day I can meet. And she became very angry inside. But instead of saying something and holding her ground and not to be mean, but say, hey, you know, maybe we could reschedule. But yeah, you know what? Friday isn't good for me. She changed her schedule to accommodate him. And then, you know, inside was really, really mad. And so, I mean, you know, again, showing up on the date with that already, you know, taking place is going to set a precedent, you know? So let's say they did get into a relationship from the get-go. It started that way where she gave her power away. She wasn't direct with how she felt and, and she changed her own needs and feelings to accommodate the guy. This is what I'm talking about, setting boundaries. So really that's number one. Number two, look for reciprocity. And what I mean by that, narcissists are really good often. Now, there's different kinds, actually, of narcissists. There's ones that are a little more quiet, but a lot of times they're really good at being charming and telling stories and and sharing all this like great stuff about them. And when you're meeting them on dates, you might get almost mesmerized by that, especially if you're one of those quiet girls or quiet guys. And to you, the extra, the kind of the extroversion is almost energizing for you. So you feed off of that, but then they feed off of you being so quiet because guess what? They love being on stage, right? You're giving them all the attention. So when you're on dates, pay attention. Is the conversation reciprocal or is it just one-sided? But what are you doing to reinforce it? Are you sitting there waiting for him to ask you questions? Or are you offering things and seeing what he does with them? Because that's the thing. Like, I hear a lot of people complain, oh, well, you know, he never asked me about me. And then when I say, well, did you ever offer anything about yourself? Oh, well, no, I was kind of waiting for him to ask. Look, it's a two-way street. And again, this is so good in like cracking the narcissist code. Ladies, let's say you are, I'm just speaking to the women here. Let's pretend that you are out on a date with a guy and he starts talking about himself and he's really charming. You're getting caught up in the stories and everything like that. I dare you next time to interject a story about yourself without him asking you and see what he does with it. This is what I love. Like, I, it's almost funny when you start doing it to see if they're going to pay attention to you. Does he stop his conversation and actually listen to you? Is he interested in what you have to say? Or does he divert it? Uh, does he look away? Does he cut you off? Really pay attention to this stuff. This is how you can detect things. Um, I was working with a, a client when I was a matchmaker, and she hired me for coaching. And I remember going out and teaching her how to tell stories. And she was definitely like a narcissist magnet. There was no doubt. 
But she was one of those, I, I mean, to me, almost extreme cases where she literally said nothing. She was really, really pretty on top of it. So she was almost like this kind of, I don't know, I, she reminded me of someone in a pageant. <laughs> you know, she'd show up, she'd look really pretty, she would smile and nod and just listen to all the stories. And when I was out with her, I saw it firsthand where all these people started talking and she would just sit there and and nod and, and not say anything about her. So I really had to teach her how to speak up and share stories about herself. And it's not easy. If you're not used to doing something like that, I encourage you to practice do, like storytelling is, is a great um, technique that I teach my clients all the time. And, and I promise the dynamics will start changing and also your perspective on who you're with. Okay. So that's the second one is look for reciprocity. Number three, don't give it all away. Now, what I mean by that, I'm not talking about sex. Well, that too. But what I mean is don't give your personal value away too much, too soon, too fast, because the narcissist will just suck it up. They love that. And, you know, if you find that you're like, a relationship person, you love the relationship and you, you're really good at making the other people feel really good. Be careful of that. Are you playing therapist all the time? Right? Are you offering advice and doing things for them? And then they get sucked into you because they love how they feel around you. I am going to throw myself under the bus for this. I used to be that girl, by the way. I mean, look, my training is is a therapist and a lot of people who are counselors, therapists, nurses, doctors, you know, people who are caregivers fall into that trap all the time. But you know what? A, it wasn't sexy. <laughs> and B, I was attracting lopsided relationships before. There was no doubt. And I really had to like retrain myself to to share my stuff and not just be that good listener. And so, you know, think about that for you. And then finally, the fourth tip is test to see if these people's words match their action. Like, does the person you are attracted to mean what they say and say what they mean? Narcissists love to talk, but they rarely follow through. Like, you know what I mean? They, they, they talk a good game and we're going to do this and we're going to go here and there. And they love the whole like drama and, and the energy that they create with it. But often they don't follow through. It's all vibrato as I call it. So if you really take a look at these four things, I promise you, you're going to start cracking the code, right? And you will really, you'll stop attracting these narcissists. Okay, now it's time for my letter that I would like to read. This is a good one, and it so relates to what we're talking about today. This is from Darcy. I was in a relationship for about three years with a narcissist, or at least he had narcissistic qualities to him. He also was an alcoholic, and I didn't realize how bad his drinking problem was. He, had, he hid a lot from me. And then I found out he was lying, he was cheating, and then he turned it around and made me feel like I was crazy. See, this is what I was talking about before, where you feel like you're to blame or you're crazy. I finally got away from it, and I went back a few times just to see if we could rectify things. And then I struggled with it for almost a year. 
Then I just started thinking about the good times and really not focusing on what was bad for me. I need to remember the bad times as well so that I can get over this. And I won't allow myself to be manipulated again. I haven't really dated. I'm just starting to talk to people online, but I don't really trust that I'm ready yet. In fact, I don't know if I'll ever be. How can I trust again? Oh, Darcy, thank you for writing that and sharing that because I know a lot of you can relate to what Darcy just went through. And, you know, maybe it's just some level or aspects of that relationship. It must have been really hard being in that situation for so long. And I can see why it's so hard to trust again. But what I think you're really struggling with at this point is your ability to trust yourself with your picker, so to speak. And it sounds like you're worried about being in this kind of situation again. So you're frozen. But the truth is, is if you don't start taking action now and do something different, you will remain frozen, scared, and lonely. And guess what? Perhaps you might even attract that narcissist again. So like when you're ready, you he might be there again in a different costume. So we got to change this. Again, you can't change them, but you can change the perspective and how you're going at it. So number one, I would say, and this is just something that I see happen all the time with breakups. There's a grieving process that you go through. And when you've been in a narcissistic relationship, there's another layer to it, right? And you start like second guessing yourself. It, it's, it, it can be very traumatizing. So um, in something that's really interesting about death or a divorce or breakup is that over time, you end up idealizing the dead, so to speak, meaning that you'll only remember the good things and forgetting about the bad. And that's certainly, I think, what's happening with Darcy. So, you know, you might be saying to yourself, oh, well, wasn't that bad, you know? So, yes, remind yourself of what didn't work and the pain rather than missing the idea of the relationship. Because here's the other thing. I don't think you're really missing him. I think you're missing the idea of being in a relationship or I'm going to go one step further and say you might even miss trying to fix it. Some people get addicted to the fix because it validates them as the fixer. I know that sounds almost strange, but a lot of us do this all the time, especially if you had an ascribed role growing up that you were the caretaker and that's all you know. So that's this is an opportunity to change that. So yes, take a look at what didn't work and really remind yourself because you do deserve more. Number two, look at your piece. Are you an over-caregiver? Like I was talking about before, do you have other lopsided relationships? Do you put other needs before yours? And what was your role in this relationship? Like there was something that you were getting out of it by taking care of this guy, especially, you know, when you're dealing with alcoholism and unpredictable behaviors, maybe that you felt the need to keep fixing to try to have what I call a corrective experience from something else in the past. So really like this is an opportunity to do a lot of the inner work. And finally, see yourself as important. Ladies, do not accept crumbs. You deserve the cake. 
I say this all the time. Men, if you're in a narcissistic relationship, you deserve the best too. You don't deserve the crumbs either. All of you deserve the best, but you have to do things for you. You have to do things for you and not for others first. And practice, practice, practice receiving. So I hope that was helpful. And definitely now, you know, once you're ready to move on, I would, you know, follow those tips that I just went over and cracking the narcissist code. So you can just date light and start getting used to who is and who isn't and take a look at yourself and how you're interacting with them. But overall, I'm really excited for you because this is a chance to attract something different. You know, you deserve that. And if you are like Darcy, then I encourage you to do the self-assessment on yourself to see what you can do. Because remember, in the end, narcissists are bottomless pits. It doesn't matter how much you give. You'll never get anything in return. It's like... It's almost like um, a broken gumball machine or, or slot machine, right? Like you keep putting in the coins and you're hoping, okay, the next one, I'm going to win the gold. I'm going to win the gold and maybe, or oh, I'll get the gumball, but it just, nothing happens. Like you just keep filling it up, but you really get nothing in return. So fill yourself up first. Stop just feeding the coins because you can stop attracting narcissists. You can crack the narcissist code. Okay. I hope that was helpful. And thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to join that free Facebook group that I talked about, again, it's called the Love Makeover Insiders. Click the link in the show description where you can continue this conversation of cracking your code. And stay tuned until next week with more tips and how to feel and look fabulous every day.